Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. As more tenant-friendly legislations are passed, from reduced security deposits to no evictions in the winter months, and everything in between, in the future, the landlord's income will be ultimately affected, and even being driven out of their rental business. Property managers and landlords need to make sure their voices are heard to help reduce the tide of these increasing laws that will ultimately make owning a rental property more difficult and costly. Let your landlords know about Shorevestor's Landlord Protection Insurance to help them protect their rental income. Call us at 800-975-0562 or visit shorevestor.com to learn more about Shorevestor and how it can help you protect your landlord's income and grow your business. Choose Seacoast Commerce Bank as your property management bank of choice. Seacoast Commerce Bank specializes in trust accounts and business banking for property managers. One of their best features is a cash analysis program where they can assist in paying your property management-related invoices. Contact Allison at 619-988-6708 to learn more. And be sure to listen to the Property Management Mastermind Podcast, episode number 26, about Seacoast Commerce Bank. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind Show. I'm your host, Brad Larson, and today's guest, I have Mr. Rod Cleefon, and we're going to be talking about multifamily success, mindset, and just some awesome stuff. And Rod is a teacher of investors, and I'm very excited to have him on. He's actually a really big name, and if none of you have ever heard of him, I think you're going to be impressed. So I've been talking to him in the green room, and wow, he's got lots to add. So Rod, if you could just give us a quick intro and everything that's going on in your world. Sure, sure. Well, um, I don't know uh, about a quick intro. What I what I what I probably should do is just give a little background so people know who I am, and it'll kind of lend itself to the conversation that we're going to have, Brad. Um, so so uh, I'm an immigrant. Came here when I was just six years old um, from Holland. I was born in the Netherlands, and we immigrated. I lived in Denver, Colorado, for about thirty years, and. Uh, we grew up with with very little. In fact, I wore clothes in the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I could uh, get a job and and uh, and lie about my age when I was fourteen at Burger King and and buy my own clothes. And you know, we ate expired food because that's all we could afford. Drank powdered milk. My mom thought milk was healthy at the time. And I'm sure you've got listeners that you know maybe have had it harder than we did, but. I knew I wanted more. And so my mom had an incredible work ethic <clears throat> and she bought the house across the street from us when I was about 14 for about $30,000. And uh, when I was 17, she told me she'd made 20 grand in her sleep on that house. It had gone up $20,000 since she owned it. I'm like, what? Screw college. I'm getting into real estate. So I got into real estate right when I turned 18. I became a real estate broker which you could do with education back then. Now they got smart and you need some experience. But I was a broker right when I turned 18. And, you know, I was going to be rich. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight to 10,000. My second year, maybe 10 to 12,000. But my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in 1981 was really good money. So what happened between year two and year three? And, and what happened <clears throat> is a topic I like to talk about a lot, uh, which is in mindset. I met a guy that taught me that mindset is really 80 to 90% of your success in anything. 
the mechanical information like the real estate or or any of that is 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 really secondary. If it was just knowledge, you know, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there. It's 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 taking action with what you learn and actually making it happen. And so, um, you know, fast forward to today, I've owned over two thousand houses that I've rented long term, uh, multiple apartment complexes. Uh, in uh, two thousand six, my net worth went up seventeen million dollars while I slept. Um, and of course, I thought I was a real estate god. I thought I could do no wrong. You know, if you want to do the math on that, it's like $8,300 an hour, which of course I did. And I could barely fit my head through a door. And you know, when that happens, God or the universe or whatever you believe will give you a nice little smackdown. Well, for me, that was 2008. I lost that $17 million, a lot more. I lost $50 million in 2008. Um, and uh, again, one of the things I enjoy talking about is the mindset it took to have $50 million to lose in the first place, and then the mindset it took to get back to the success that I enjoy today. And, and uh, you know, I, I do sold out live events, uh, or I did up until COVID. I was scheduled to have 800 people in uh, Orlando in May, and of course, we all know what happened with that. So, I moved to live stream, and now we do these in live stream, and and I, you know, depending on if Brad gets this live on iTunes in time, um, I'm actually doing one this weekend, July 25th and 26th. And one of the first things we do is this goal setting session that I'll, I'll take a minute and I'll quickly describe for you listeners. But um, we spend about an hour, hour and a half on it. It's like goal setting on steroids because how the heck are you going to get anything if you don't know what it is with clarity? And and then, you know, so so we we do this session. And, and again, I'll describe it in a second. But if you're interested I am doing a two-day boot camp this weekend. It's it's two full days. I'm not selling anything, and it's mul- and I so I, sh- I had to pivot. And many of you listening might have to pivot right now or innovate in these crazy times we're in. And I had to. I literally, you'll see me at this website. It's multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. You'll see me recording the video of this thing in my backyard. And we did literally threw the website up in two days. We had 900 people attend that event, pay to attend that event. And again, we're doing that again tomorrow. Um, uh, and so again, um, so I don't forget, and then we'll get into more of this. Uh, the, the website is multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. And if it's, it's $200 on the website, but if you use the code friend of rod, it'll give you a hundred bucks off. So for $97, you can participate in both days. I'm not selling anything. Now I teach you how to buy apartment buildings though. And I know it's a little off topic from this podcast, but if you have any interest in multifamily, I hope you'll come join me. It's kind of a no brainer at that price. Uh, especially since I'm not selling you anything. But I mean, well, I think that's, that's going to be very important for our listeners because I think we need to learn more about the multifamily side as well. Sure. Uh, just because if you understand both facets, because one thing you got to look at, Rod, is, is a lot of our renters are coming straight from the multifamily experience. So mm-hmm. we as property managers need to understand one, the investor side of single family, multifamily, pros and cons for each, and why people may want to focus on one versus the other. You, know, you and I had that debate in the very beginning. You know, I'm a single family guy. You're a multifamily guy. You could tell me why not to do single family. And I could say my in, uh, boy, my, well, let's talk about that for a minute. My ignorant let's, opinions on why you should let, let's get right in. Let's get right into that, Brad, because, you know, in 2008, the reason I crashed and burned, I had 800 houses that I was renting long term. Okay. I had multiple apartment complexes. It was the houses that pulled me down. And, and here's what happened. And now, now, now this is a little bit of an anomaly because. Um, you know, if, if you've got all your houses in one little tight location, you're probably okay. I had my houses two hours north and two hours south and everywhere in between along the coast. Okay, so let me tell you why it didn't work. Okay, and, I, and by the way, I was at a 30% loan to value. 
I only owed 30 cents on the dollar and I still crashed and burned. And here's why. Okay. Because number one, Florida has no state income tax. So our property taxes are higher. Of course, that impacts cash flow. By the way, I have a podcast as well. It's called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. And I started the podcast to give this story that I'm telling you right now. Okay. It's to let, let people know, in my opinion, if you're going to buy and hold, for God's sakes, do apartment buildings or multifamily, even if it's just a duplex, triplex, fourplex, then do single family. So here's what happened. So, so um, because I, I'm in Florida, taxes are higher, impacts cash flow. I was also, I had properties that were in wind and flood zones, some of those which impact cash flow because the insurance is so much higher. But what really killed me is if I sent somebody, a maintenance guy, to one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. The locks are the same, the plumbing parts, the, 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 the HVAC, the appliances, everything's the same. So we can stockpile parts and I could send somebody to be in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send someone to one of my 800 houses, they'd have to get there to see what's up because everything's different. Okay. Then they'd have to go find a home. It might be an hour and a half each way to drive there. Then they got to go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we'd have an account, uh, find that, which could be another hour round trip. And then I don't know if you've ever fixed anything, Brad, but I know when I get into it, sure as hell, I've got to go back again because I missed something, you know? And so, you know, what took an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. Now, and, and these houses were C-class properties, which have a lot more maintenance and upkeep and repair. So that, was, that, was, that really killed my cash flow, number one. But the really kind of the final straw for me was a lot of my residents were jobbers. They were contractors. They were plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers. And that fell off a cliff in 2008. So they didn't have work. And so yeah, I mean, it was, it, but, but what's crazy is, is the houses that pulled me down, but my apartments were doing fine. Yeah, they pulled back maybe about 11%, but they were still cash. They would have been just fine. Of course, me, I cross collateralized big packages of houses with my apartments to save a, to save a few basis points on the interest rate. Um, you know, I look back, of course, that now look back on that, and that, that was not the greatest move because I still have those apartments if, if I hadn't cross collateralized them. So, again, um, you know, that's why I like multifamily and that's why I teach people to buy multifamily because I believe it's more recession resistant. Okay. Just based on my own personal experience. Again, I've owned 2000 houses. I had 500 in Denver at one time. I had uh, several hundred in Memphis, Tennessee, and then, uh, I don't know, 1300 or plus here in Florida uh, over the years. And so, you know, uh, I've got a little bit of credibility in the regard of managing single family. But again, my big mistake was being too spread out. And, and, you know, again, if you've got a tight little geographic area of houses, then it's more like an apartment complex. You can't stockpile parts, but it's more like an apartment complex. So how do, how do I got to ask you, how did you recover from losing over 50 million in value? Well, in real then, then that, that's, that's, that's the mindset piece and it's knowing exactly what I want and why I wanted it. Okay. So let's talk about that for a minute. In fact, if you're listening um, and you have the ability to take some notes, take some notes down. Uh, again, I do this full blown at my events. And, and if you, for 97 bucks, if you have any interest in this, you're crazy not to join me. Okay. Again, that's multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. Or you know what? You can text Rod Live to 41411. Again, Rod Live is one word to 41411 and, and, and use the code friend of Rod to get in for 97 bucks. Anyway, so, so when, pick an hour when you have a lot of energy and say, I'm going to give you the steps on this, on this process. And again, if you can't make it this weekend to my event, I also did this on my Rod Cleave Facebook page. I went ahead and did this goal setting process, took about an hour and a half on there and it's free. 
And, and so again, it's my Rod Cleef official page. I even give you a goal setting guide that you can download for free and, and I'll walk you through it with music and everything. So if you can't make my boot camp, that's free. Go to my Rod Cleef official page. I did it on January 1st of this year. So you got to search to go back to January 1st of this year, but I did that and, and, you know, it's been watched out five, 6,000 times. So, you know, join me there, but let me describe it for you. If you can't make either one, because it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll, it's not too complex. So first thing is you pick an hour when you have a lot of energy. Don't do it after a big meal. Make sure you're well hydrated, drink a lot of water. Like we're both drinking right now and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. All the stuff, start with the stuff, the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, Take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it, which is not outside the realm of reality. So write down all the stuff that you want. Write down how much money in the, you want in the bank from your real estate investments, uh, how much, in, say, in three years and again in 10 years. Write down how much passive income you want from your investments, say, in three years or 10 years. Then when you can't think of another thing, and by the way, take the lid off your brain. If you imagine it, you write it down, you, you can get it. It's not outside the realm of reality. So you just, but you've got you've to write it down because what that does is it triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. And that's that filter in your brain that subconsciously points you in the direction it thinks you want to go. Okay. The best example of it is when you first buy a car. You never really notice them. You buy the car and they're everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were. You just, you know, again, that's your reticular activating system. So, um, and, and don't limit yourself. If you want a private jet, a yacht, an island, you got to write it down because that starts the process. I'll give you an example of that in a minute. But, but so once you can't think of another thing, you also want to write down what you want to do in your lifetime. Maybe you want to write a book. I mean, these are some of the books I've written. And, and these, by the way, you get all these if you come to my event for 97 bucks. Like I said, it's a no freaking brainer. And it's like six inches of books here. But, but maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to climb a, you know, a, a Mount Everest or something. Maybe you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I did that eight months ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the list. Done. But so whatever it is you want to do, write that down. Also write down what you want to learn. You know, maybe you want to learn a skill. If it's, you know, if it's multifamily, come see me. If it's, you know, whatever it is, maybe you want to learn a skill. Um, I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. I, I, I did that. I did a helicopter with my wife in Cabo last week and freaking loved it. It picked us up at the hotel. It was like big ball in day. We picked us up, took us to ride UTVs and then brought us back. And it was a blast. So I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. So write down what you want to learn. Also write down who you want to help. Um, you know, I, I bought my parents a house when, when my dad was alive and here on a canal in Florida, bought him a car, took him on cruises. Who do you want to do something more for? Write that down because we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. We want to use this. Guys, the reason we're doing this is this is the fuel to actually take action with what you, with what you want, but you've got to have clarity around your goals. So once you can't think of another thing, there's just a couple more steps. I want you to put a time limit on each goal. Put a number by each goal, how long it's going to take you to achieve it. Put a one, how many years? Put a one, three, five, even a 10 or a 20. Recognizing that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in five, 10, 20 years. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was 18, I knew I wanted to live on the beach and there's no beach in Denver. And I, um, I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf and the, of course, the bikinis. I'm a guy. I, I visualize the beach. And and um, 20 years later, I built this mansion. And please know this is not me bragging. This is me hoping to inspire you, okay? But 20 years later, I built this mansion on the beach. It was 10,000 square foot, $8 million house. I had the beach on one side. I had my boathouses on the backside. But that was unthinkable when I was 18. So my point is, don't limit yourself. You can imagine it. You can do it. So write it down. Now, um, 
once you once you've got a time limit on each goal, pick the, your number one goal. That goal that if you get it, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. That goal, pick that goal, put it on another piece of paper. Also, pick your top three one year goals. Put those on a separate sheet of paper. And and we're in the home stretch here. So you've got four goals on a separate sheet of paper. And again, if you have me help you do this at my Rod Cleef official page, this guide that that I said you can download has all this in it. it makes it easier for you. But if if not, just put on a separate sheet of paper and leave space in between each goal. Now, you are already at this point ahead of 99.9% of the people on the planet that do a New Year's resolution that's forgotten by February, okay? But, but there's a couple more really important steps. You've got to write down why each one of these goals is an absolute freaking must to achieve, not a should. It has to happen. But you want to use emotionally charged words like amazing and incredible and beautiful. So, you might say, so I can show my kids what amazing success looks like, or I can show my wife or husband what it means to be successful. We can have the freedom you know, that we want, freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want, whatever it is for you, write that down, that why, that, that, that why is what's going to drive you, that why is what's going to get you up early to make this happen, get you to stay up late, work weekends, maybe you know, push through fear, limiting beliefs, maybe, maybe just get uncomfortable. A lot of us are comfortable. The comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there. So this is the fuel. So write down why it's an absolute must for you to achieve. Then put one little little nuance in there. Put some pain in there if you don't achieve it, right? So I don't feel like a failure if you don't achieve the goal. So I don't live a life of regret. I know that sounds tough, but I'm going to tell you as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And you want to use this because again, this is the fuel. So put some pain in there. You know, there was a nurse in Australia named Bronnie Ware. She was a hospice nurse and she counseled hospice patients at the end of their lives. And she asked them a question when they're, you know, about to die and said, do you have any regrets? And she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. I want to know what the number one regret was, Brad. It was, it was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, you know, not doing what I'm capable of. Guys, we don't want that. Okay. So, so very, very important that you, you use this, this in the, and you're wise on your goals. Then the last thing is get pictures of your goals, okay? Um, pictures work. They help you manifest what you want. I'll give you a great example. Uh, Jim Carrey, when he was flat broke, if you Google Jim Carrey check, it's, it, you'll see this. But he, when he's flat broke, wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he used to go up by the Hollywood sign, flat broke, and he'd look at it, visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. I'll give you a more recent example. Demi Lovato, when she was really a no-name 10 years ago, put on social media that I'm going to sing in the Super Bowl. She's saying in this last Super Bowl, okay, uh, I'll give you some personal examples. When I was 18, um, I knew, you know, I, I had to have a four-door car because I was going to get rich selling other people's houses. So, I bought this bone-ugly Ford Granada, bench seat in the front, just the ugliest piece of crap you've ever seen. But, but you know, I thought that's how I was going to make money. Well, I had a friend that had a Corvette and he let me drive it. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I got to have one of these. So, I got a picture out of a magazine. This is 1980. One, I got a picture out of a magazine. I put it on the visor of this bone ugly Granada. And I, every time I look at this again before the internet, so I had to use a magazine. But every time I sat in the car, it was right there in front of me when I looked up. Within a year or two, I had a Corvette. I'll give you a couple more examples. Well, let me again, let me preframe this by saying it's not me bragging because this stuff doesn't interest me anymore, but hopefully it'll inspire you to the power of this. Okay. This is how I had 50 million to lose. And this is how I got back to the success that I'm blessed to enjoy today. Okay. By doing this, by getting clear on my goals and my whys and having pictures around me. So this is when the TV show Magnum PI was out and the actor's name was Tom Selleck. 
and you drove this awesome Ferrari 308. Well, I got a picture of that actual car and put it on the visor of my Corvette. And within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last example, I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. Growing up, I had posters in my rooms of Lamborghinis. And what's crazy is my son collected models of exotic cars. And I've got the model of this, the, the Lamborghini I ended up buying, same color, model, everything. He had like 30 of them, but he, he had the same one that I ended up getting, which is crazy. In fact, let me show you something. For those of you watching this, this, uh, you know, or watching this later or whatever, this, this is my planner. I'm a, I'm a, I use a paper planner. Yes, I'm a dinosaur. It's on today, July 21st. Well, in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years, okay? These are my gratitude pictures because everything starts from a place of gratitude. So these are my kids when they were growing up. These pictures have been in here 20 years, guys. Okay, they're in plastic. Then behind them are things that I wanted, okay? This top picture looks just like the view from that house I was telling you about on the beach. It had travertine floors, 10-foot high glass that was butt together just like this. Now, you want to see something crazy, Brad, or those of you watching this? See these bottom pictures? See those white walls? Well, maybe you can see. See the white walls in those pictures behind the furniture? This is my backyard. Look behind me. This is 20 years ago. It's the exact same freaking wall that's in these pictures. And then I've got, then I've got, let's see, um, stupid shit like watches. I got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches, you know, uh, again, just the Lamborghini before I ever got it. Okay. Rolls Royce, Bentley, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. So do not underestimate the power of this. Get pictures, put them around you, and that'll make it happen for you. Okay, that's the fastest I've ever done that, Brad. So I tried to rush through that so we could have some property management talk. But again, guys, if you have any interest in this multifamily business, for God's sakes, come see me for $97. I'm not selling anything. It's a no-brainer. Um, but uh, And use that code, friend of Rod, because that's kind of a, and don't share that, actually. That's for your listeners, Brad. That's kind of, I, I rarely use that $100 off coupon. So appreciate that, Rod. I think that's yeah. going to add some real value to the listeners and a lot to take in there. Very inspirational. I think that's going to be you. fantastic for the folks that jump in there. Tenants not changing their air filters, costly HVAC repairs and unhappy owners got you down. Filter Easy is a subscription air filter delivery service that solves this problem by shipping filters directly to the tenant's front door when it's time to change. Tenants actually change them which reduces HVAC-related maintenance calls by an average of 30%. FilterEasy's no-cost-use solution functions as a profit center to give you back time and money. Call 1-800-308-1186 today to learn more. And so what we wanted to talk about too is, you know, all the stuff you mentioned earlier, we just have to kind of maybe relate it somehow to property management because sure. most of the listeners are going to be business owners. So sure. it ties into another question I always want to ask somebody, I always want to ask you is, you know, when starting a, a property management or even a real estate business, what are some of the things that you focus on? Well, any business is nothing but people and systems, okay? So, so right now, we've got an asset in, uh, in, in Louisiana, and it was managed by a partner's management company and it horribly managed, okay? And, and, um, and, and, the occupancy went down instead of up, and and just 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 I, I could go on and on with all the things that they did wrong. But and I just came from there last night. I've been there for about thirty days. The last thirty days, I'm going there again next Tuesday because it's all hands on deck right now. But you know, I look for the best people I can find, and it's not necessarily the most experienced. It's work ethic, it's passion, it's drive, it's 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 people that that are ready to work and want to work, have a good personality that'll 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 stand up and 
And if somebody walks into the leasing office, they'll jump up and say, hey, welcome. It's so good to see you. Make somebody feel welcome and warm. So, you know, that's what I look for. And then I have to establish the systems. So right now we've got, we've got, I'm not exaggerating, probably about 180 vacancies there. And so we're establishing systems to do the make readies. And we literally went and walked each one, checklisted them. I'm big on checklists. I'm big on, on uh, systemizing. And so we're creating a move-in, you know, spreadsheet of the statuses of all these units as we go through them. Because one of the things that was happening with this other company is they'd send someone in to paint or refinish um, and and they were they were messing up the sequencing. They would paint after the new floors were in, for example, okay, which is the dumbest thing in the world because you get overspray on on brand new product. And so the sequencing is critical and that's why the checklisting and the systems are so important. You know, we've implemented uh, Resmond Property Management through the new management company that we're using. Uh, I'll give them a shout out. They're awesome. CityGate uh, out of uh, Dallas. But but uh, you know it's it's really um, it's it's really about systems and people. So I look to set up the systems. I've by the way I've built 24 businesses, Brad. You know when I lost 50 million in 2008, I don't call it a failure. I call it a seminar. Okay, because it's only a failure if you don't get back up or you don't learn the lesson. Well, I've built 24 businesses. Three have been worth tens of millions of dollars. The others, most of the others have been spectacular flaming seminars, okay? And and so, you know, I've got a lot of business experience. In fact, I love talking about this topic, even sometimes more than real estate, um, you know, talking about culture and operations and sales and marketing and IT and, you know, branding and all those other things that tie into a business. Uh, but uh, the first things I look for is, is what are the systems um, and and are they being implemented? What is the training process to implement those systems? Is it recurring training? Is it ongoing training? It's not a once or do, once and done thing. And uh, you know, and and I'll tell you something. This is one of the things. You know, we use third party property managers. Okay, I don't have houses anymore. I <laughs> I got that memo a long time ago. So I hire third party property management companies like CityGate that I just mentioned, and and I, we we take them through a pretty long, exhaustive, investigative interview process. And I actually created a book on this and I'll give it to your listeners if they want it. It's how to hire a third-party property management company. And to get this, I don't want to confuse everybody and throwing a lot of stuff around, but you, if you text the word management to 41411, um, it's a free download and I'll give it to you. And it's got every possible question you can think of to ask a third-party property manager. And I will tell you, we learn more about a market from our property management interviews than we probably do from anything else. Because who's got boots on the ground, knows what's going on, knows what the rent comps are, knows where to market, knows, knows the competition, know the businesses that are moving in and out, know, you know where these people, the demographic that you need for your asset are coming from. Now, we only buy 150 plus doors at this time. Um, we don't buy the smaller properties, but I, I like that because we can hire a third-party property management company. We can have our own on-site staff, leasing, maintenance, management on site. And, and that, that makes it a whole lot less brain damage than what it was when I managed these houses, okay? Because they're on site, it's, it's, it, the systems can be put in place. And so, anyway, long answer to your question, but uh, that's- What I'd like to do maybe is let's talk about some of the differences between the multifamily and single family. One, okay. an investment side. Okay, let's talk that. And then the sure. other pillar of that is let's talk management sure. side between the two sure. differences. Well, on the investment side, um, the, 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 if you buy- single family, um, the financing, yes, you can get great finance if you're going to live in it. And Fannie Mae has, I don't know, I think 10 to 12 loans you can get through Fannie Mae, then you're paying 20% down for, that, for, those, for those properties. 
you know, of course, if you're a vet, you can use your VA if you move in to, to buy even up to a fourplex. Uh, in fact, Grant Cardona and I, we were talking about Grant before we came on. Grant Cardona and I got, got into it over that topic on the second time I interviewed him on my show. But, but, the, but the, the, um, the point is, um, single family, the thing I don't like, there's several things I don't like about single family. One, you're limited on the financing. At some point, you're going to get shut down. Um, uh, you know, unless you go to big banks like I did, I suppose you could do that, but, but um, you, you're locked into how much you can ramp the value. The value really is based on comparable sales. The beautiful thing about, and it's your own qualifying to qualify for the single family. It's, they're looking at you, okay? In multifamily, commercial multifamily, it's a team sport, okay? And, and the beautiful thing about commercial multifamily is any increase to the net income is an exponential increase to the value. I, I'll give you an example of this. That Louisiana asset, I'm, that the one I'm having trouble with right now, we're turning it around. We got 14 leases last week. But, but, but it, once we get it to 90% occupied, we bought it at 70. It, it dipped down with this last management company. We're, we're fixing that. Um, but once it gets to 90%, which the market's 95, so we know it's not, and we've got the nicest product, the nicest units, the largest units. I mean, it's the nicest complex. Just, it's a travesty what happened there, um, but, but we're making it better. And once we get to 90%, we'll have made $9 million, okay? And because it, the, it, the increase to value is instantaneous once you get that net income up. Because the value is based on a multiple of the net income. It's called the net operating income, NOI. You've got the property income. You've got the property-specific expenses. Gives you the NOI, net operating income. Does not include debt, by the way. This is, this is without debt. But once you increase that NOI, it's exponential. I'll give you another example. We've got an asset in Beaver Creek, Ohio. It's only 101 units. And it's kind of an interesting story. It got destroyed by a tornado. All 101 families had to move. Luckily, nobody died. A couple of people got pretty seriously injured, but they're okay now. Some surgery there. But... but uh, in fact, I'll tell you as an aside, was when I went there, like two days after it hit, I met this lady. She was moving her stuff out because everything was destroyed. And she told me her son was playing video games. And thank God they had the early warning system. His phone went off. And so he went downstairs. He was upstairs. He went downstairs to wake up his mom to the ground floor. By the time he woke her up, his bedroom was gone. I mean, he would have died for sure. And so, but anyway, back to the, the, the point here is that asset we are going to be able to raise the rent $650 a month on 101 units. Now, let's just use 500 for an example, okay? If you raise the rents $500 on a 100-unit complex, you have just instantly increased the value $10 million. That's, that's why we love this business. And that's why from an investment standpoint, the other thing is when you're qualifying, there are, you, you, it, they're looking at the, the, the property's ability to service the debt first. That's the most important piece. They need to know that property can service the debt but then they're looking at the team because you have to have a net worth equal to the loan amount, but it's the team's net worth. You have to have liquidity after closing equal to 10% of the loan amount, but it's the team's liquidity. You have to have experience, but you can hire it with a Freddie Mac loan. You can hire a third-party property manager to satisfy the experience component. So if you go out there and you find a doctor that's got a lot of money and got a big net worth and you find a property, you can put the deal together, have them put up the money and, 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 um, Hire a third-party property manager, and you can, you can make it happen, regardless if you have no credit or income or not, period. And that's the beautiful thing about commercial multifamily, for example, is that you can put it, you can even have, you know, you can carve up the deal numerous ways. Uh, and I don't know about you, Brad, but I'll take 50% of something over 100% of nothing any day. 
And so, you know, you bring in, you can bring in the, the equity for a deal, you know, the down payment money, the, the you know, any fix up money called capital expenditure money you're going to put in, you can bring all that in from investors. You can also have somebody put up what's called the at-risk capital, the earnest money, the, the due diligence cost to, to, to evaluate the property, the, the, the cost you're going to pay for the third party reports for the financing. And you can, you can use your money to put that up or you can bring somebody, somebody can put it in to the deal for a piece of the deal. It's called the at-risk capital. And so you literally, you can, you can do these. I bought a thousand doors last year with my students. I don't have a dime in them personally, a dime. Okay. Now, and I'm, I'm not an anomaly. This is not uncommon. Okay. And so, you know, we, we just, we're closing on 280 today. We closed on 168 day before you, uh, what is today? Monday, uh, Friday. And so another what four or five hundred doors with students again, um, and 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 again they look at the team. That's that's they, these are the advantages to doing commercial multifamily. Is there? It's a team sport. They're looking at the team, um, and and uh, so you know even if you haven't got much, uh, I mean I know I've got students that that literally came from nothing now a thousand doors. Uh, students have retired from you know high, very high paying corporate jobs because of the income they're making from these investments. But, you know, it's like anything else. You got to work it. It's not going to fall in your lap. There's no get rich quick. Somebody tells you it's get rich quick, run the other direction. Now, there's become super freaking wealthy over time, though, for sure. Um, So, uh, anyway. What I'd like to maybe talk about, too, I mean, that's fascinating stuff. That's got me fired up. Uh, I'd really like to talk maybe about some of the management side, just to kind of keep this on point with the audience. Because, again, you're talking to a lot of property management company owners here, a lot of property managers. And sure. so, I mean, it's curious to find out from your, spe- your perspective as an investor and coach and mentor, uh, right. what you're seeing the differences in the tenant base and the management sure. side between sure. the two factions of single family, multifamily. What do you think in there? Well, well, first of all, again, much easier to manage if they're all in one location. Okay. Showing's easier, ma- maintenance easier, management's easier, oversight's easier, everything's easier. So, so that's, my, that's my plug for larger multifamily properties. Once you get to 70 units approximately, then you can have on-site staff, okay? And, and so, so, you know, management companies that, that manage assets of that size or larger, you're looking at three, four, 5% uh, management fees. Of course, the smaller properties, you know, the, the, like, like you're, you, you focus on the residential, then, then the managers are the ones out showing assets. They're showing the properties. They're leasing them. They're coordinating the maintenance internally. Um, and, and, you know, and maybe maintenance is a profit center for them. You know, I, I caution people when they're using a management company for single family to really dig into how they charge for maintenance because, you know, some of them hire a kid at 15 bucks an hour and bill them out at 75. And so you just want to, you know, it's something you need to look into. But the beautiful thing about larger multifamily is, yes, you have to manage the management company with any asset. Even single family, you need to be communicating with the management company. But you hire a professional third-party property manager. And they've got a marketing team that'll handle the marketing. They they're they they're going to hire the on-site staff. Um, they're going to manage the on-site staff. They'll be going through their payroll, although you'll be paying for them. Um, and and um, you know it's just it's just a, it's a proven model that works very very well in the single-family management space. There's a lot of diversity and quality. Well, I suppose in multi in the larger multifamily, I mean, the same thing happens. You'll get quality issues, and it's really all about people. Um, but but um, there's a lot of very inexperienced people that will go out and start managing single family. Maybe they bought 20, 30 houses and then they decide to become a management company. And so, you know, and those are the people you're helping on your show, I assume, Brad, are the ones that are getting rolling and, and, and maybe even some of the larger ones um, to start their own management company. And, 
you know, that's an awesome thing. Um, you know, I, I've owned a management company for 40 years, okay? Different ones, actually, over the years. I own one right now. If I get any assets here in Florida, uh, we, we have one here in Sarasota. We were on, under contract before COVID on another one, but it fell apart. And I still have, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 houses too. But, uh, but anyway, the differences are with the larger assets, again, you know, you're managing the on-site staff as a property manager. With the smaller assets, you are the on-site staff. You're doing the leasing, the showing, coordinating the maintenance and all of that. Um, so those are the big differences. I'd love to hear some of your insight going, basically correlating to what we've got going on right now with the COVID and the, potential, sure. the, the dip in the economy, the ups in the economy, where everything's going. Do you have any crystal ball Kind of no, no, I, I, I do believe we're headed for some serious pain. I really believe there's going to be incredible opportunity coming in the next couple of years. I've been, I stole the phrase ethical opportunism. Another one, uh, compassionate capitalism, uh, because I really believe there's going to be some screaming deals coming. There's going to be a lot of pain. The stimulus is going to run out. Yeah, they'll throw another trillion at it here before the election, of course. But after that, all bets are off. They're going to, they have to ease it. And a lot of businesses are going to fail. A lot, of, a lot of properties, there are, there are still eviction moratoriums going till the end of October in some states, the blue states particularly. And those landlords are just, they're dying. I mean, they're dying. There's no relief for them. So, so they're going to lose those properties. It's really sad. Um, yeah, save the renters, but lose the property. So, you know, go figure, but God help us from politicians. But anyway, so, so you know, I, I know there's going to be some serious pain. And, and of course, with crisis comes opportunity. I look at I, I, you know, I look at every problem and try to look for the circle around it. That's the silver lining, and it's and, and this, I, I, it smells like 08 to me again. I'm, I, people, you know, a lot of people are like, no, nah, it won't be that bad. Well, we'll see, we'll see. I know that CoStar, which owns LoopNet.com, which is the largest commercial real estate website, said that they anticipate 13,000. This was two and a half months ago. This article came out that 13,000 loans in the CMBS market are going to go into default. That's the commercial mortgage-backed securities market. You know, like that's what caused the 08 crash. Well, there's a bunch of those still in the commercial market. And they, they at that time, it's probably a lot more than that now. It was 13,000 they anticipated going in loans. That's a lot of commercial loans. I mean, it's, it's not like houses. These are big commercial loans. You know, not to, you know, that's notwithstanding bank debt that's going to go you know, going to go south. There were a lot of skinny deals done the last, um, you know, couple of years. I mean, we would be in what's called best and final, where where the where the the broker asks you for your best offer, and you've got three or he's got three or four offers going. We'd be there, and, and we would just be like, uh, somebody would pay two million more than we offer, and we're like, are you out of your freaking mind? And these deals would sell, and and I'm certain a bunch of these skinny deals are going to come back as well. So, you know, it's going to be. It's going to be real interesting next year to see this all shake out, and it's going to be next year before they really start hitting. But guys, if you if you ever want to get in this business, now is the time. You want to get you want to get access to as much money as possible. These deals require money. The beautiful thing is it doesn't need to be your own money, and I teach you this at my boot camp if you can make it. Um, so again, shameless plug, come see me if if this thing goes live on iTunes. It's July twenty fifth and twenty sixth. I'll do it again in three or four months. But if you can make it to this one. $97, not selling anything. It's truly a no-brainer. No Great stuff, Rod. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to jump in on that. So, what I want to ask you here is on the commercial side. So, we have three pillars in my head. You have a commercial, multifamily, residential, a single family. Uh, in the commercial well, there's commercial, side, there's commercial multifamily, there's residential multifamily. Residential, two to four units. Commercial, everything over five. 
Okay. Thank you okay. for that. On the commercial mm-hmm. side, especially like office space, do you envision? Okay. okay. Of- those are other, those are other sectors. So there's, there's office, there's warehouse, there's retail, self-storage. I would put mobile home parks in the multifamily arena, but, uh, but yeah, retail is getting killed right now. Okay. I've got friends that own strip centers and the number I'm hearing from all of them is 75% of their tenants are asking for rent abatement. Okay. They're getting killed. Offices getting killed right now. You know, people working from home that may never go back to the office. So, so those two sectors are in big trouble. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to reinvent themselves. Just like, I mean, I had to reinvent myself with my thought leadership platform. Yeah, I'm buying units, but I also teach people how to buy units. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I'm at a live event scheduled. So, if, you know, if you're in a place where things aren't going well right now, you have, might have to think about what else could you do? How can you innovate? How can you pivot? I tell you, some of the most successful companies in the world are created in times of crisis like this. So think about how you innovate, how you pivot, how you shift to do, you know, to, to maybe start a business that you hadn't thought about doing before, to maybe capitalize on these upcoming real estate deals, to, you know, but but I will tell you, if you're listening to Brad, you're a leader and and the world needs leaders right now. And you need to be, you know, re- making sure you're managing your focus. Focus is so important. Don't be, you know, stuck to CNN or ABC, NBC right now. Be, be, you know, um, uh, focused on positive things. On my podcast, I do a little clip every week. It's called Own Your Power. It's motivational. It's And, and they're five minutes. They're nothing. I don't care if, you know, if you're doing real estate or not, um, you'll get value from those. And and But, but you know, you got to stand guard at the door to your mind right now because we're, whatever you focus on grows larger, whether it's positive or negative. And if you're focused on the negative, you're going to become more fearful. If you're focused on what you want, which is how I got back from losing $50 million, being very, very clear on what I wanted and why I wanted it, which is how I recovered. Some people don't recover from losing that kind of money. People jumped off buildings back in the Great Depression over that. So, you know, it was redirecting my focus. And right now, if you're you know listening to this, you need to redirect your focus and make sure you're focused on what you want. Um, but... Uh, um, and, and that's what you do. And there's lots of great content. Go on YouTube, you know, download motivational content there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, my podcast called um, Lifetime Cashflow to Multifamily Investing. If you put real estate in your iPhone, I usually come up number one, right next to Bigger Pockets, number one or two. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. Fantastic, Rod. I am now a new fan. So you're going to be oh, thank you, more for me. It's kind, of, kind of you to say that. This has been a great episode. And I hope, really hope, I really appreciate you coming on. Lots of good information. I encourage everybody to go back and listen in. And if you missed it, Rod, please recap that opportunity you have going on this weekend for the bootcamp. Yeah, yeah. If you can make it, it's it's multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. Use the code FRIENDOFROD and it's $97 for both days, not selling anything. Um, and and Or you could text, if you're listening to this, text Rod Live to 41411 and we'll send you that website address and you can go on there. But uh, uh, yeah, I, it'll be a lot of fun. I... I I, I host the largest multifamily Facebook group, really, I think, in the world now with 35,000 people. And if you go in there and search the word boot camp, you'll see hundreds of, of raving, unsolicited testimonials from the 900 people that watched the one I did in May. Because, um, can I incorporate mindset, too. Yes, it's drinking through a fire hose. I mean, like I said, this manual is almost, I don't know, 160 pages, and it's, it's, there's no fluff in here. But But you're also going to do the goals with me. You're going to get the, the, the oomph to actually make this happen, not just the technical knowledge. And, and, you know, my big focus is on the mindset piece because, you know, it's, it's, that's most of it. Uh, you know, you, you can, you fail your way to success by just taking action and, uh, but you'll get everything you need to, to go, you know, uh, kick butt in this business if you're interested. Well said, Rod. Thanks a lot for coming on. Right. We'll definitely stay in touch.
All right. Take care, Brad. Thank you. Imagine a world where the phone doesn't ring, but tenant leads still get pre-qualified and scheduled. Where in-person showings get coordinated automatically in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Where occupants and owners are automatically notified of showings and leasing reports. Or imagine, no one has to show your rentals and they get leased faster than ever, safely and securely. That's the world of Tenant Turner. Come learn more about our beautiful scheduling software and world-class customer support. Call us, 888-976-4638 or visit www.tenantturner.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.